0: You are now listening to The Philly Pod, a Philadelphia sports podcast. Yo, what is up, y'all, and welcome to the first ever Sixers Roundup edition of the Philly Pod right here on the LibertyLine.com, as well as Fox Sports the Gambler. I'm your host today, Victor Williams. You can follow me on Twitter, as well as Instagram, at the Philly Pod. If you aren't already, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your shows. Be sure to leave those reviews. Rate the show five stars, as y'all know by now, uh, each and every review, each and every five-star rating. Uh, it uh, does bring more exposure to the show, brings it to more eyes and ears, uh, and we greatly appreciate you guys for that. Um, so this is going to be the first uh, Sixers Roundup edition. So we're adding a weekly show uh, to the Philly Pot umbrella called Sixers Roundup, uh, featuring myself, Stephen Conrad Jr., my loyal co-host, and everything I do here, as well as Sixers Insider with 973 ESPN, Kevin McCormick. You can follow him on Twitter at Kevin McSee. 973. He brings you coverage uh, as far as the Sixers are concerned uh, for 973 ESPN. Uh, Steven, we know uh, we, we, you guys are familiar with him by now. Follow him on Twitter at Steven Conrad Jr. What's going on, man? Switching the gears up from the Eagles, not being depressed for once, and talking about a team that's actually good in Philadelphia. How does that feel for once? <laughs>
2: I just want to say I'm incredibly excited. I've been waiting a while to do this. I think um, you and me we tend to agree on a lot of Eagles related things. I think Sixers is where we are going. We are going to differentiate, and I'm really excited to have Kevin on here. Um, I think um, we have good chemistry. Obviously, this is our first time doing this, but I'm really excited to see how our uh, opinions kind of mash up here. It should make for a pretty good episode. You're calling it Sixers Roundup. Let's get it on, man. Let's do it. Yeah, this has been a
0: project that uh, myself and uh, you and Kevin and I have been discussing since since months ago, and now we finally have it in motion. Uh, and it's it's going to be a, a fun, exciting show. Doing the show weekly, and it's going to be fun talking about Sixers and uh, you know, like you said, our opinions kind of uh, not <laughs> and, and not not so much like you said the Eagles do. The Sixers' opinions kind of clash between the three of us, uh, so that's always go- going to be exciting, uh, Kev. How's it feel to be to be on the panel with us? I know this has been a long time coming. How's it feel to be with a couple goats on the pod? <laughs> oh,
1: uh, I'm blessed to be in the presence of two uh, Eagles Twitter legends right now, but I'm happy to now have a platform where I can weekly help Steve see the light and understand oh, that man. everything can be rainbows and sunshine, and it doesn't have to be doom and gloom 24-7. So
0: should be fun oh man yeah it's gonna be a good time here so yeah we'll get the first one underway here so we couldn't pick a better time to, to do one with the trade deadline looming uh what is today wednesday so at the time of recording the trade deadline is tomorrow uh at 3 p.m i was going back and forth debating like should we do this before the deadline or after because i feel like the minute we publish this is when the Sixers will will make a move but for the sake of conversation <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it today um as as last reported it looks like the Sixers are looking at uh, guards Lonzo Ball as well as uh, George Hill and Kyle Lowry kind of testing the market out, seeing what the packages are going to look like to acquire those guys to kind of push this team over the edge and make sure that they can get into the finals. Um, much to Kev's disappointment, P.J. Tucker was swiped <laughs> by, by the Bucks, uh, so we don't got that guy looking up. But, Kev, as far as what you know, um, what is kind of the, the players that the Sixers are looking into? And as far as players that they are offering in these packages – um, who do you who do you feel like will be on this team? You know, four eight hours from now.
1: It's tough to say. It feels like the primary focus has been ball handling and shot creation. That's why you've seen a lot of names like George Hill, obviously Kyle Lowry, Lonzo Ball, Will Barton's been a name. I mean, Evan Fournier could be a dark horse. Uh, Norman Powell just came up recently. Woj tweeted that out yesterday, so it feels like that like type of archetype of player is who they're going for. Obviously, P.J. Tucker is my guy, too. I feel like the, the stretch big is still something that they should address, but it feels like a, a backup point guard or maybe a guy who can be kind of like a super sub moving forward is primary focus, which I don't hate. And then in terms of what they're looking to give up, you have all those contracts at the end of the bench with Vincent Poirier, Terrence Ferguson, Tony Bradley, maybe maybe they try and hold on to a guy like him after how well he's played now, but and you still have the uh, the 8.1 million dollar trade exception from the Al Horford deal, so a lot of contracts to work with at the end of that bench. They have a decent amount of picks to work with, and you still have that trade exception. So I feel like there could be a decent shakeup come Thursday's deadline. I'm predicting at least two moves, maybe more. Not to mention they could still do something in the buyout as well. I believe they still they're floating around. Four million dollars left in that uh, taxpayer mid-level exception.
0: Yeah, the uh, the the buyout market is where things can kind of be intriguing. There, um, I'm surprised the Bucks moved a guy like DJ Augustine because that was a guy I know the the, the Sixers. Uh, you know, a lot of people were speculating that the Sixers could be in on him. Um, so now, obviously, with that trade with the Rockets to acquire PJ Tucker, DJ Augustine is no longer with them. Um, I thought the Rockets might have bought him out because he really has no role over there with everything, uh, with the the shambles that the Rockets are in currently. But it looks like he's still going to cling on Um, But if they were to buy him out, he was a player I was looking at. Uh, Steven, I'll get your thoughts on this in a second because I know you feel strongly about it. But, Kev, if it was was up to you as far as players you would have to give up to to get a guy like Kyle Lowry or Alonzo Ball, Um, if it was between Matisse and Tyrese Maxey, because I doubt we're letting go, you know, both of them. If it was between Thibault and Tyrese Maxey, which player are are you hoping to to keep and will help us throughout this playoff run we're going on? Or hope to go on, I should say.
1: (laughs) It's clearly Matisse-Thibault just because he's a guy that can contribute for you right now. From day one, he's been that defensive specialist. He He's a little older, too, which I feel like is something that's very overlooked despite him only being in his second season. He's already 22, 23 years old, so he has a little bit of maturity to him after spending four years in college. And when you look at these teams around the league, when the playoff comes, you're going to need perimeter defense. We saw last season in the playoffs with no Ben Simmons how easily teams where the Boston Celtics were just able to roll through them on the perimeter. So when you're looking at teams we need to go through like Brooklyn, like Miami, Boston, you name it, they all have elite scorers on the outside and multiple in a sense. So you're going to need someone alongside Ben Simmons to kind of help hold that fort down, especially when you have a potential matchup with Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant looming in an Eastern Conference final. So if I had to choose one, it would be sad to part ways with Maxi. He seems like a really nice guy from the way he's talked to the media and just, you know, kind of the, the vibe he gives around the team. But being a 19, 20-year-old still kind of raw combo guard doesn't feel like the long-term plan of his development really matches the, the title aspirations that this team is looking to have in the next two or three seasons.
0: Yeah, that's a fair assessment, considering that uh, if if you know Tyrese Maxey, you know as raw as a player is, as he is, he's not going to be a uh, that big of a contributor when it comes to a deep playoff run. So I can see uh, the logic in that. Like you said, it would just be tough to to pair with a run rookie that's actually giving us production in recent years. So that's going to be um, um, the tough part. Steven, we we all know how you feel about this team to this point. Who's the who's the player that you're hoping the Sixers come
2: away with, and who are are you hoping that is not wearing a Sixers jersey two days from now? Damn. Um, so my thing is, you know, when I hear names thrown around, like I hear, you know, George Hill has been one you hear a lot, obviously PJ Tucker, but now he has been moved. They can certainly help the team. You know, the bench has kind of been an issue, but I think um my thing is the bench is going to shrink, right? When you're in the playoffs, you're probably only going to play three, maybe four guys off the bench. I think when I watch this team, I, I still think we're probably a top three team in the league in terms of mm-hmm. who can actually contend. For a championship, obviously, hoping Joel comes back, you know, from his injury, perfectly fine. We're not sure. I think there's a dynamic missing from this team when I watch this team play, even with Joel. And I think when you're building for a championship, you want to add players who can impact, have an impact on the team in the playoffs. And I just think, like Kevin touched on, we need shot creation and, and ball handling, shooting and stuff like that. I don't know if adding a guy like George Hill really does that much for me. Sure, that's another playable guy off the bench but you know when I hear names I get excited when I hear names like Kyle Lowry Norman Powell's a really interesting one I'm not sure what it would take to get him Uh, Lonzo Ball I mean I've been high on him mainly because I mean this guy can shoot the ball now he's shooting 40 percent from three I think his fit would be really interesting and he's a guy I would start him but I don't even know if you would have to on the Sixers team Um, you could stagger his minutes I I think you just need a guard and, and This isn't a knock on Ben Simmons, right? So, again, I say this a lot. This is something I come out and say. We don't have a legitimate ball handler in crunch time who cannot. Look. You're doing this on purpose. You're doing this on purpose. (laughs) No, listen. But I think a dynamic people are not considering is what that ball handler could do for Ben Simmons. It could unlock other aspects of his game. We saw what moving Shake Milton on the ball last season did for Ben. I mean, it, it unlocked him as a role man. You're laughing. What's so funny about laughing. it? I'm it's not true. laughing.
0: I'm listening. Go ahead.
2: I'll, I'll say so, my things after. <laughs> that's why I'm intrigued with adding guys like Lowry, Lonzo. I mean, I'm sure there's names out there. I'm sure they're going to trade for somebody we haven't even heard of yet. So that's kind of just my mentality.
0: Yeah, Lowry's fine. The, the whole I'm I'm coming around on Lonzo ball as as of late. But the whole thing and and we have this argument a lot is how like. Uh, Lonzo and Ben Simmons, from from my knowledge, is that that they both need the ball in their hands to be. To oh my god! Be, we're, doing this, we're doing this. We're doing this. <laughs> they both they they're both ball dominant players, and they're both they're both most effective when they have the ball in their hands. So if you have a Ben Simmons uh, on the court with Lonzo, the Lonzo is going to have to play off the ball. And then you know he becomes the two guard, and he's gonna have to create those shots more so than be a
2: playmaker. He's shooting forty percent from okay, three. that's fine. He's that's fine with that. What I'm saying, what I'm
0: saying, is is Lonzo best used off the ball? Is the saying like, are we going to use Lonzo to the fullest if we bring him in? If he's going to just play off the ball with Ben Simmons? I that's because like we know we know forward. that Ben yeah. Simmons isn't gonna be playing off the ball. So Lonzo's so.
1: kind of like got rid of that notion in a sense. It's something that New Orleans has experimented with in small samples at times. Is kind of running Zion as a point guard in the half court. And Lonzo's been that spot up guy, off guard kind of thing. So I feel like there is a potential fit. It might take a little smoothing out to work just because Ben is on the ball a lot. It's not more gonna be a smooth Zion. fit. I'll tell you Zion that Zion is right now. <laughs> Even if if you turn Lonzo ball into your sixth man who runs with the starters at times, it's the guy who is a secondary ball handler. He you still have all the spacing you need out there with his ability to spot up and catch and shoot. And you get to explore more with Ben Simmons off the ball. I I don't totally disagree with what Steve is saying to be able to explore Ben Simmons off the ball, which is something they've done more this season with Seth Curry. I feel like it's something that's not talked about enough is the impact Seth has had in the half court and his ability to put the ball on the floor and create in small samples. You see Ben kind of in the pick and roll, still in that dunker spot floating around. Sometimes they like to do that kind of Seth will bring the ball up and they – They'll swing at the bang quick on the wing, and they kind of slingshot him to the rim, and they've seen some success with that. So Lonzo is definitely interesting. I feel like the only thing that really deters me from acquiring Lonzo is that when he hits restrictive free agency this summer, yes, the Sixers will have his bird rights and have the ability to match any off sheet that's thrown out there. But this is a guy that's a starting point guard in this league. There's a reason why everybody wants him. He fits points winning guard. basketball. That's the thing. You yeah, said points guard. When do we have
0: a points guard? Oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs>
1: Lonzo's a starting point guard in the NBA right now. I think he's going to get paid like one. I think a team like Chicago or New York is going to throw a decent offer sheet at him, and then it's going to fit that. The Sixers are going to have cap space this summer, but do you want to utilize it on Lonzo Ball or go about it a different way? So. Bonzo could be nice, but it, there's a fear in me that he could potentially become a Randall.
0: Yes, and that's, and that's the uh, the whole thing with Kyle Lowry. Also, do you move that kind of package for a guy like Kyle Lowry? Like, moving players for expired contracts. Like, we saw it with Jimmy Butler. Obviously, there are different scenarios, uh, you know, this time around. Uh, but you've seen what you what happens when you move players like that, you know, young players that you could develop for expiring contracts. Like, what if we move for Kyle Lowry? We get bounced in the finals, and then he doesn't come back. Like, is it worth it in that sense? You have to kind of that's, – that's the things that Daryl Morey – company kind of has to think about um kev i know you and i have talked about this briefly but is a guy like lou williams on the clippers um you know uh he's he's kind of out of the rotation with the addition of reggie jackson over there um is that a guy do you think that the Sixers could look into or do you think lou will is kind of kind of just going to stick it out in la for now
1: i don't know if they move lou williams it it was something really early on there were kind of rumors about him potentially being on the trading block the only thing that really gets tricky, even if they were to do a deal with the Sixers to bring him here, they're really looking for another point guard. And the Sixers really don't have one to give in return, unless you want to trade Tyrese Maxey. But obviously, you do not trade Tyrese Maxey for Lou Williams in any sense. So maybe if they can get some three, like if they can insert themselves into a three team deal type of situation where they're acquiring Lou Williams and sending pieces other ways, maybe, but. I feel like he's a name that's kind of dwindled down a little bit in recent weeks.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen his name come up as much. That's why I kind of ask, like, is it is, you know, is, is the name kind of dying down? Uh, Steven, if the heat, I know they're in the mix for Kyle. Are we, are we scared of the Miami heat? If they get Kyle Lowry, are they too? You know, are they going to be back-to-back contenders at this point?
2: No, I, I don't. Trevor reason. Do they have Trevor reason. Right? <laughs> no, I mean, you're starting to see what they really are. I mean, I kinda wanna since you since you bring up Kyle Lowry, you had mentioned we were talking earlier and I know this could be a, a pod on its own, but you had said when we had mentioned Lonzo Ball's a point guard, you took issue to that. You realize Kyle Lowry's a point guard too. Like yeah, how come
0: fun. well remember when he had nineteen assists and you were all like, dude, he's had nineteen assists, he would be comp on the on the Sixers, but then that takes away from Ben Simmons playmaking. The whole thing the whole
2: issue It doesn't this, take away from his yeah, so playmaking, it adds to it.
0: It adds to Ben Simmons playmaking. So so if Kyle Lowry's out here dishing out a fifteen assists a game, is that are we getting the most out of Ben Simmons at that point? That's what the, happens, like I don't want I don't want produ- I don't want to add somebody that's going Actually, to take away production for from both Ben of Simmons. You
2: And I know Kev, I probably know what Kev's going to say, but you look at the Sixers roster, there is a lot of three-point shooters on this team that depend on Ben to get him open looks. Mm -hmm. So if Ben's on the bench, maybe Ben's out that night, you don't know. Nobody else on this team generates open looks like him. Kyle Lowry, I'm not saying he's on Ben's level in terms of playmaking, but he's been a good playmaker in this league. That's why Alonzo Ball is intriguing to me. You can't. This is what basketball is now. It's about putting as many playmakers on the court as possible. You look at all these teams, the Nets. Oh, sorry. shouldn't have mentioned that team. (laughs) They're starting two quote unquote point guards. I know Kyrie's kind of, I guess you could say he's more of a two. He's playing well alongside Harden, but this is my point. You want to have as many playmakers as possible on the court.
0: I just, I just, I just. I mean, I'm not. In, I'm not. I'm not i to with
1: the way the ball moves. You really there. There's no limit you can have to guys who can put the ball on the floor and create. Same thing with shooting. In today's game, you can never have enough shooting, and you can really never have enough guys who can put the ball on the floor and create for others. And with the Lowry thing, if he's taking on more playmaking duties, and it's allowing Ben to be more assertive in the post or be able to get downhill more, I think you're getting the same level of production. I think no matter what. Ben Simmons is still going to have the same type of usage percentage, but it, it could be using him more as a scorer than a facilitator. And just I don't hate it. But I pretty much talk myself into Ben Simmons as a scorer
2: situation. is where is where I have the issue. <laughs> so. He scored twenty two last night yeah. because he was aggressive. He shot He's fourteen. Free throws. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get we'll get to that.
1: Not how. to mention with Lowry on the outside, that could open the floor even more, create more driving lanes for Joel, for Tobias, for Ben. So I mean. I've talked myself into either. I feel like when you look at the Sixers yeah, team, yeah. you could say that the starting lineup's been great and all you really need to do is smooth out the edges of the bench and this is a rotation that could go chase a title. Or you can go take the big swing, add Lowry, start matisse Thybul, have a top starting lineup in the NBA again, and, and still be in the running. I feel like it's just more of your preference at this point of what you think would be better for the team.
0: So, since you have brought up the uh, the starting lineup, my my question to you now is: Does the 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 controversial figure that is Danny Green is he a vital piece to, to this team? Do we need his championship experience? Is Danny Green going to you know he has his highs and he certainly has his lows? Uh, is is Danny Green going to be a sixer in forty eight hours?
1: I think so. Outside of them trading for Lowry, I would say that's the the only real situation where Danny Green goes, but. Listen, he he's Mister Three Rings, although it doesn't yep. show up on a nightly basis. A go cold. basis. I, it's Barely. a thing. <laughs> it's it's just a way of the play style. I mean, if you think about it, uh, an elite shooter in today's game is a guy that shoots forty percent from three. You shoot forty percent, you got to miss six of every ten attempts. So, I mean, no is going to go out there and look elite every night. Let alone a guy like Danny Green, who's playing close to a career high in minutes per game and is in his 12th season. So although he does have his highs and his lows, when he gets hot, he's a a solid option out there. And he's really helped steal some games that, that Knicks game in particular, where he hit those two big threes in overtime. So he's a guy that's been there. He's done it in multiple systems. I think he's really going to show his value come postseason. So it would really be sad for me to part ways with him, but obviously bringing in Lowry would be a a huge move. But outside of that, I'm not fond of trading Danny Green.
0: Yeah, I've certainly had my nights where Danny Green can go, <laughs> but he does. Uh, he seems to be more consistent than, than Seth Curry these days, which is uh, you know saying a lot. Seth Curry was one of the guys that I thought would be, uh, um, you know, and he and he still is not saying he's not. Uh, but now that Danny Green is kind of hitting the three at a more consistent rate, uh, now we're all kind of looking like Seth Curry kind of need kind of need to get it together. Uh, so the last point here before we move on to how the Sixers have been been performing as a whole since the All Star break, Kev, if you were a betting man which we all are kind of, uh, if, you, if you were, if you were a betting man, uh, this time, this time, well, I don't want to say this time. It's about 12 now. So like 28 hours from now, who's, who's going to be a sixer if you were a betting man.
1: If I had to, to bet, I'd probably play it safe and just go with George Hill just so. because it, it makes a lot of sense. It, you know, he provides a role that this team needs. We saw that Warriors game last night. Part of the reason why the Warriors stormed back was because the bench just couldn't get anything going. The the bench offense, as of late, has just been Shake Milton and Dwight Howard running a high pick and roll and just begging Shake and get something to go, or Dwight Howard cleans up a miss. Bringing a guy like George Hill helps run that offense a little smoother, get some cleaner looks, and it also helps Shake Milton embrace being more of the off guard that he really is. So, I think in a full sense, it's one of those moves where it's not flashy in any sense, but. Is still a major upgrade and fills one of your two needs that this team really needs.
0: Yeah, I guess a guy like George Hill would round out that bench and give you another veteran piece that can come in and kind of uh, help out that bench when when your starters are out. Uh, well, as we all know, the Sixers are contenders in the East. You know, whether they make a move or not, we're still first place in the East at 31 and 13 after yesterday's win or last night's win in, uh, in Golden State. Still one game ahead of Stephens Nets, so we're all watching that close uh, as far as of uh, the race in the Eastern Conference. So moving on to now how the Sixers are performing as a whole without Joel Embiid. Tobias Harris making it known that he probably should have been an all-star, averaging 23 points per game since the break in addition to eight rebounds and four and a half assists, shooting roughly 50% from the field, 48% from three, and shooting 92% from the stripes so me myself i have to eat my words on tobias because you know steven and i and some others were screaming to move him for zach levine and uh, uh you know a bradley Beal or whatever the case was going to be and you know contract aside tobias harris has been proving that he is an integral part of this team so <laughs> i mean you know in a sense his trade value has never been higher but it obviously wouldn't make sense to move him at this at this juncture so steven how are we feeling about the the all-star snuff that is now performing like one
2: Tobias Harris is the second best player on the Sixers this oh season. God. It's a it's a fair argument. He's the second best scorer there are Knights. Look, here's the thing. Look, we're the first place Sixers. We are the first place Sixers. This team looks like to be the title favorite. So look, your top 3 guys are going to put up pretty good numbers. Tobias, here's the thing. This is why he's the second best player on this team to me. He's in his prime. He's 28, Ben is 24. I'm not, you know, Ben's nowhere near his ceiling. I think we can all agree on that. I feel like I know what I'm going to get from this guy every single night. You know, the best players come to perform every single night. He's going to give you 20 a lot of a lot of times he gives you more than that. He's going to do it on 50, 40, 90 shooting. His defense is consistent on a nice nightly basis. He's improved as a playmaker. I generally know what I'm going to get from this guy on a nightly basis and and from Ben you can't say the same. Are you going to get 15 points? Are you going to get you know 10 8 and 8 but he's the defensive player of the year like what version of ben are we going to get every single night that's fine that's just been his role this season biting his tongue so, over there so hard <laughs> <laughs> he's the second best player on this roster as, as it currently stands yeah, well, like like I said, well, I don't know about the second best, but well, we can
0: right. we can inter- we can interchange cuz Ben's defense is as as Kev will tell you, Ben's defense is invaluable. Uh but I'll give Kev the floor in his glory who's been preaching about Tobias since this time last season. So Kev, how happy have you been <laughs> with Tobias especially since the All-Star break and stepping up, you know, in the absence of Joel Embiid?
1: The dude's just been <laughs> a man possessed this year and I think it's there's a lot of different factors that really go into it. Obviously, the most important one is Doc Rivers being there. Clearly him and Doc have a very strong relationship. Doc understands re- how to get the most out of Tobias. And has shown time and time again that this dude is an all-star and he knows what he needs to put him in the situations to be- have him be that. And the other thing, like Steven said, this is a guy entering his prime. So it doesn't shock me that at this point he's really starting to put it together. And then another thing that I really feel isn't talked about enough is that Tobias probably feels a lot more comfortable this season. When you look at his whole career, the main storyline is the guy's just been bounced around. He's, he's been a journeyman. He's been traded multiple times, and now he's here in Philadelphia. He has that long-term contract. He's now in his third season with this organization, only the second full season. But this is he's really been able to dig in his roots, and I think that you know not having the loom of another trade or having to pack up and go to another team yet again has really helped him just settle in. But he's been great. Being the second best player,
0: uh, yeah, I don't know. At, yeah. <laughs>
1: at times, I I think he's done a very good job of consistently being a great number two behind beat all season. I think, Joel playing at an MVP level really kind of overshadowed that. That as great as to uh, as great as Joel was every night, buys was pretty much right there with him, putting up a solid 19 to 25 at night. So he has been great. They're gonna need him, and if he can continue to keep this up, the a legit look like a top big three in this league right now
0: and in addition to that he's looking like the guy that that is clutch the clutch player i remember when jimmy left and everybody was like who's the closer this and that and obviously when joel was healthy uh, you know he was the guy closing out games, and now it appears to be Tobias. You know he had the Lakers game winner, hit those clutch free throws in the other game, uh, had a near triple double. You know two rebounds or two assists short rather of, of the triple double. He's certainly picking up uh, that production that 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 we've been missing with the with the MVP out. So you know not a, not a lot of bad things we could say about Tobias Harris. You can more so probably focus on on Ben Simmons to this point. I remember Steven put out a tweet last night talking about was it was it his free throws? He only got to the line.
2: Uh, So many times, and then he got to the line like 14 times. He had read the tweet, um, which made a video about that. So I'm proud of you, Ben. I'm proud of you. Did he read the tweet?
0: No. Did he really?
2: Well, I mean, how do you go from attempting, Uh, you know, uh, under (laughs) three a game to shooting 14? I don't know. Coincidence? The aggression did not.
0: But so so our general <laughs> it was it was clearly Steve's tweet. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what did it. Uh, but if we if we if we our assessment of Ben Simmons as a whole, you know, being the first, you know, the the viewers and the listeners don't really understand uh, uh, what our views are. You know, as far as the Sixers are concerned, but our our general assessments of Ben Simmons, obviously not Kevin. Uh, but between me and Steven, they go up and down and they fluctuate. Uh, defensively, nobody can really argue it. Obviously, he he's always guarding the the team's best player. Uh, but when it comes to offensively. It was looking like, you know, 18 to 20 points a game was becoming the norm, and obviously that that has decreased over the last few games, but uh, we'll, I'll, I'll let Kevin have it first as far as what is the best way to, you know, Doc is, we all know that Doc is telling Ben Simmons, you know, don't. Don't play outside of your bubble, you know, be your own be your own player, uh, play within your identity. And that's how Ben Simmons is has has given us the production that he has this season. We're also focused, obviously, on the jump shot and he's hitting the threes that he does make. (laughs) They they, they do do it pretty. Uh, But Kevin, as far as Ben Simmons is concerned, uh, how how should how should Sixers fans feel about him at at this point in the season and his career, you know, at, at this juncture?
1: I would say you still have to feel pretty good. I mean, he's still playing at an elite level. Yeah, the numbers aren't there every night. I just think the main thing that I've come about with him through post-All-Star break is he seems to be having a weird time being able to flip the switch of facilitator and aggressor. If you go back and you look at that Spurs game, he was – assist assists left and right. It looked like he was going to casually finish with 14 or 15. I think he only ended up finishing with nine, but the bench was going and his assist numbers were through the roof. Those first couple of games coming out and it looked like, all right, Ben Simmons is about to go on a playmaking showcase. And now we've seen in this recent stretch uh, with the Knicks game and the Warriors game, he's really just been pedaled to the metal, getting himself to the rim, putting pressure on and getting his points up. So I guess he has to really find that happy balance. I can't say I hate him for wanting to get everyone else involved because obviously replacing Joel Embiid is no small task and you can't say one singular guy is going to do it. Like You can't be like, oh, I'm looking on Ben Simmons to replace the 30 points and 11 rebounds a night that Joel is putting on. So it's going to take a collective effort. So the fact that Ben has been able to set the table for others with these extra shots to go around and kind of help lessen the blow by committee has been nice. But at the same time, there's also points in games where you could have used him a little more as an aggressor seeing that that downhill momentum that we saw a lot heading into the all-star break so he just needs to find that balance in in my honest opinion
0: yeah so we <laughs> well when when Ben Simmons was on that aggressive tear especially when he dropped the, the 42 and everybody was was you know stuck on that um, the, the the aggression is what is what the fans want to see you know not so much the shooting and all that uh nobody can complain about his defense because uh, we we all know what that is by now uh but the aggression as steven noted yesterday is what everybody wants to see um steven is probably as up and down on ben simmons as any of us are at this point steven are we <laughs> i don't want to say we are you happy with the player that ben simmons is right now or is it, what what do you need to see more from him to really push us over the edge and make us those finals contenders
2: I was really coming around right before the all-star break, he had, me. Whatever, he really had me whatever whatever happened yeah. that the, <laughs> you know the barber whoever it was that got these guys sick or whatever killed the momentum he had going he was averaging like 20 points after having it might have been either January or December was when I was at an all-time low with the guy I think he had averaged like 13 points per game that month he you know turned it around and had one of one of his best best months of his career. The Ben Simmons you saw last night is what I'm looking for. Again, we're all going to sit up here and wish that he shoots the ball and stuff like that. And Kevin had mentioned he has to find that balance of being a play, you know, facilitator and you know maybe just putting your head down and driving to the rim. I think the facilitating is always going to be there. We know he can do that. Um, that's always that's in his DNA. It's in his blood. I think the key is just getting to the rim and getting to the foul line. Make it a point every single night to attempt ten plus free throws. It just opens everything up because you don't know. I mean, like. These shooters, there's going to be nights when they're off, especially without MB, That's when you know the attention is going to be turned to guys like Ben, guys like Tobias. You're just going to have to become a scorer, man. So for Ben's sake, that's getting to the free throw line. 14 free throw attempts. That's awesome, man. He answered the call. Eight of 14. Not super efficient, but again, 14 free throws. That's that's the recipe for success with Ben.
0: Mm-hmm. It's funny that you mentioned that. Over the last 10 games, it looks like he's averaging roughly four. Four, making three out of four per game free throw-wise. Uh, so, yeah, definitely want to see more aggression there. 17 points, uh, seven boards, and six and a half assists over the last 10 games. So the production has taken a dip uh, com- in comparison to what we were seeing before the All-Star game. Uh, that's not an indictment on who Ben Simmons is as a player. They just kind of have to adjust without Joel Embiid, and I think that's what the team is trying to figure out. But then Joel Embiid, you know, Sham said that he is on track to – he feels fine, he's on track to be back within that two-week period that they initially gave him. So, so hopefully we see our MVP back, um, you know, sooner rather than later. Uh, Kev, the last thing, <laughs> the last thing. So as say we don't make any moves uh, at the tread line. As this roster currently stands, you know, the starting lineup and the bench that we have now, uh, does this team make it to the finals if we do not make any moves? So just so the fans are disappointed, you know, whenever this is published, you know, whether we make a move or not, um, you know, <laughs> if, if the roster hasn't changed at all and just Darren Moore doesn't see it feasible for the assets, uh, is this team still a finals contender uh, as it stands?
1: I think they got a shot, but a lot of things would have to go right. Because when the bench is hot, this team looks almost untouchable. So, I mean, if they can get hot at the right time heading into the postseason, maybe, but you could really still use some additions to smooth out those edges. I don't know if Furkan Korkmaz playing big minutes in the playoffs is really the answer, and then... It's not. You never know with (laughs) Matisse Seibel offensively. Jake milton has been up and down, so... They've shown they have nice depth on this roster, but you should still look to add on it. But I mean, at the end of the day, Brooklyn has no depth either. They took Milwaukee Blake Griffin, the man.
0: distance with Duncan on everybody. With
1: no <laughs> with no Joel and <laughs> Seth Curry, so I, I would say the East is pretty much wide open and if you don't think that, you really think it's just a three-team race between the Sixers, Nets, and Bucks. So they got a shot, but I would say the bench definitely would have potential to be exposed in a postseason series
0: if no moves are made prior to the deadline. Yeah, the the Eastern Conference, it like, seeds 4 through 10 are all just, like, within <laughs> any any one of those teams uh, can make the playoffs. And then you got one, the whole,
1: one good week and you're up and down, yeah, up or down, five
0: spots. <laughs> and, you know, you got the whole play-in scenario with however. I I don't even – I'm not even entirely sure uh, how that works. Steven, if the Sixers don't make a moves, can we contend with your Nets?
2: I mean, this team is clearly a contender. Notice but Notice he doesn't deny his Nets like this whole time. <laughs> well, I mean, what he do you want? It. Look,
0: This man, this man Look, before man. the season was like, my Nets are the n- n- number one contender. Never said that. Yes, you did it say it. that. You literally made a He's video, bro. He's putting words you, into my you, mouth. When you, when, you, when you got that mic, you bro, said my the first Nets. video, the first my video that was the Nets are the best team in the East. That was the first video you made <laughs> with that mic. I was upset, man.
2: We, we will see in the postseason, but oh, my, my thing is <laughs> I feel like this team absolutely can contend as stands, you know, but it just scares me how reliant they'll have to be on everybody on the team hitting on all cylinders. They can do it, but I just don't know if they can do it for that long of a stretch. So, you know, and the game changes in the playoffs, and I just think it's when you're because I honestly I don't think I've ever felt better about this team winning a title than I do now even compared to the team back when they had Jimmy and Tobias you just just make a move man like whatever it takes go all in this season um you know that doesn't mean trading Maxi for a rental for Lowry Maury's not stupid enough to do that um I think they would probably agree upon an extension of some sort Lowry's older too so you know wherever he gets traded I'm sure he would prefer to end his career there whether it's two or three years whatever it is so I just think when you're this close, even with all the moves the Nets made, like you know, if you fear that team, I personally fear them. I absolutely fear that team. They have the best player in basketball on that team. But I just think they got to. You got to go all in, man. You just got to go all in.
0: For the real quick, for the people that do not know, because I don't think a lot of people do, just just state who your favorite player is right now.
2: My favorite players on the oh, they're both on the sidelines. Unfortunately, that's a shame. Damn, how am I surviving?
0: So who's 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 your favorite player in the NBA right now?
2: Joel Embiid, but a close don't, second. Don't don't cap Durant. that, bro, bro. Joel Embiid's
0: my favorite player. No, your favorite player, player in the
2: NBA right
0: now. Yes. he's been you're my capping. favorite player. Capping, since capping, he was bro. drafted. No, you're capping. This man's this, okay. Fine, your second favorite player. Then since, since apparently
2: we have brand new brand new motives here. Brand new motives, bro. Do you want me to get the jersey out? No, I don't. I'm I don't have a <laughs> Kevin Durant jersey. I have yeah, a jersey. All right, B thank jersey. you,
0: thank you for saying it, Kevin City. Said- <laughs> So if this, so if Kevin Durant's favorite player, I don't know why all of a sudden that that Australian ah. beat. Yeah, we could we could say whatever. So so I just want you, I just want the people to know that if Ben Simmons rejects Kevin Durant's shot in Game Seven on the oh, game-winning shot, we have
2: this conversation every time. Yep, man, I want a championship. i be shambles, parade, You're gonna be a shambles, bro. <laughs> I want to I want to parade down Broad Street or whatever. No, you want to see KD win win another ring so you can shut down. He's the- got <laughs> he's got his man. We need <laughs> ours. I want ours. <laughs> <laughs> we need to write the final chapter of the process. Oh man, who's your goat? for For the record, who's my goat? Yeah, I mean, you guys know it's Michael Jordan, absolutely. Okay, right. This is a Sixers podcast, my man. Goat. Yeah, I know, but we just—I I just,
0: just want to let people know where your where are your narratives, so that <laughs> so that when you start making the the takes that you do, <laughs> why? <laughs> What are you what? trying to say? I'm off my rocker? Nah, no, nah, I'm not saying you're off your rocker. I'm just saying right. like this man is praying on praying on the Sixers' downfall and hoping KD wins nah. another ring. So that's <laughs> jeez, jeez, <laughs> Bro, Last topic here before we get out of here, real quick. Have who's the who's your uh, MVP of the team with? Uh, well, that's kind of I think we all know at this point. So no, Tobias aside, who's your who's who's your how do I how do I state this? Like who's the pl- X factor? Yeah, there you go. Good term. Who's who's the X factor that has stood up in the absence of of Joel Embiid? Who's the player that that kind of has taken the load and has kind of made up for some of Joel Embiid's production? The player that we never thought would be. Don't take mine.
1: The player we never thought. I, I would have to say it's Tony Bradley, Damn but it. I would have yeah. to kind of pull Tony Bradley and Dwight Howard together. Just because they've both been really solid. I mean, outside of last night, Dwight was averaging a double-double like over his last four games or something like that. Tony Bradley's been very solid. Despite being only 23 years old and kind of looked at as a raw prospect, Tony Bradley is just very sound. He rolls hard to the rim. He's got good hands around the rim, nice touch. and He's very fundamentally sound. And just his ability to come in after being a guy that – isn't really in the rotation and not really practicing with these lineups to come in and be just give solid minutes on a nightly basis has been huge. But I guess if you want to still use him, I would have to say another X factor is Farkas. Oh, He's I'm, been re- playing really confident. He's go. been put up some Ugh. some solid scoring outbursts here, which you need with him beat out. So if he can keep that up and stay hot, I mean that's they're going to need it because as we've seen, this bench is
0: can be scary hours at times. it can go. In my opinion, that means that means oh, certified. On, man. break. This man's he's trying to shooting... be okay. All right, go ahead, go ahead then. Since you want to, you want to cap for D- freaking. Have now. you go seen ahead. his
2: stats over the the last sixty? He's taken about sixty threes over the last however you know many games. He's shooting forty six percent from three. He's starting at he the games, deadliest pump like, pick in the league. He's taking guys off the dribble now too. He's running. Yeah, the pick see, this thing work. this man is trying to take guys off the dribble, and it's just not bro. Stick to he the game. He has to. Bro. He's getting run off the line. Uh, boy. All right, who's your X factor? Don't say freaking. Well, I feel like the obvious answer, like it's too obvious. I was going to say Toby because, I mean, yeah, that's what I was he, playing, he yeah. made up for his wrongs the other night. I mean, he's just he's always there. He's just consistent. But I honestly think, you know who the X Factor is of this team? The mm-hmm. damn coaching staff, Doc Rivers and them, dude. Sam that's Cassell. The, I'm, that's I thought Kevin was going to
0: say Sam Cassell, man. That's his favorite guy. That's to- the X Factor. <laughs> <laughs>
2: whoever's responsible for getting in these guys ears when the game all of a sudden gets close when it shouldn't be, you know, on the road against the Knicks or like the Spurs or the Warriors last night, for example, whoever's responsible for that, that's the X factor.
0: Yeah. You can certainly see the games that we're closing out that we definitely would have lost under Brett Brown. Uh, I'll agree with Kevin. As far as Tony Bradley is concerned, two things on Tony Bradley, number one, who would have thought that we won desire Smith trade and we traded for Tony Bradley. So that's one. And number two, if we would have had Tony Bradley as a backup, <laughs> Any other year, instead of Greg Monroe or Amir Johnson, we probably go to the to the Easter conference. Uh. So that's that's it's tough to watch right now. But you know, this this year is is another year. So that uh we'll wrap up this first edition of the Sixers Roundup. Uh this is the weekly Sixers segment we're going to do with Sixers insider, Kevin McCormick of nine seven three ESPN. Be sure to go give him a follow. The man is on the rise. He just hit is it two K followers right now? this man's this man's this man's on the yeah. come up the okay come like, up. Ronnie. <laughs> like ronnie like <laughs> ronnie so be sure to go follow him on twitter <laughs> at kevin, kevin mcc 973 on twitter be sure if you want to i guess you can go follow the kd fan over there at Stephen conrad oh, Jr. Uh, he, i don't know why he's capping all right, like this man's capping. when are you KD. gonna stop putting words in my it's mouth not, dude man. you literally kd is literally your favorite <laughs> player bro like now all of a sudden there's joel and B when we do this show but that's fine I Watch wow. as soon as we get off the show he's gonna be like yeah i couldn't say that on the if show." you can awesome. find any proof of that i'll find it i'll, I'll pull up my ad- the youtube YouTube link, literally i will pull up the youtube link of, uh, I'll, I'll share it to all everybody right. but all be sure right, go to go follow Stephen conrad jr on twitter subscribe to his youtube channel at the daily drip uh he did a pre-game stream yesterday uh he does a lot of streams and 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 all that fun stuff so if you like interacting getting in the discord and just kind of screaming at Stephen for all the all it takes film breakdown
2: coming out today you got a Not breakdown coming part. out yeah film breakdown film oh yeah yeah film how about and it for the film. record guys and you're
0: wearing and you're wearing the correct size shirts right
2: <laughs> no? absolutely no? just make absolutely. Sure.
0: Just wanted to know all right stay so, solid everybody so look out for us steven Conrad's Jr. so when you say film breakdown like is it just like a you're watching a highlight tape and you're kind of commentating or you actually gonna, i don't want to call it film. yeah don't call it film because film, like you, like you a, know the film heads are going to come term. and you know they're going to yeah, be expecting it, baldy breakdowns and, and shit so.
2: <laughs> yeah it's just assessing the game last night pointing out literally what happened last night
0: fun fun Some stuff highlight. So, yeah fun stuff so be sure to go follow the channel at the daily drip to see the to see film film breakdowns can't wait for that i'll be sure to to, to go and see what <laughs> this man's doing over there uh, but that but we'll be doing this every week uh this is this is kind of the mellowed out version but trust me it gets more animated down the road be sure to subscribe apple itunes spotify iHeartRadio, radio youtube anywhere else you get your shows leave those reviews leave those ratings until the next one guys peace out from the philly pod